The Pole Pedal Paddle Relay event is now in its 40th year in Bend. The race begins with ski events at Mount Bachelor and continues with cycling downhill to Bend and finishes with water races on the Deschutes River and finally a sprint to the finish line at the Les Schwab Amphitheater. Pole Pedal Paddle is a fundraising event for the Mount Bachelor Sports Education Foundation which helps junior athletes achieve individual athletic, academic, and personal goals. Nearly 3,000 people sign up for the race each year. Impaired athletes are also part of the race, and this year four teams of disabled individuals have registered to compete. They are assisted by Oregon Adaptive Sports, which helps modify equipment and train disabled athletes. We spoke with two of those athletes, Scott Taylor, and Daria Boquist. I'm Brian Jennings for The Source Weekly. This is SourceCast. I'm talking with Scott Taylor and Daria Boquist. They are participants in the upcoming pole pedal paddle event uh, here in Bend, which is uh, really part of uh, Bend's DNA and Central Oregon's DNA for many, many years. Let's talk about uh, the event itself and your uh, participation in it. And Scott, why don't we start with you? You've uh, done this event a couple of times already. And I've done it before, uh, always doing the cycling portion. Um, I've thought about doing the skiing portion, but I haven't run gates since I was in high school, and I can do the paddling portion because I do have a kayak. So as the uh, p- uh, pedal expert, uh, what kind of training do you go through as part of your team effort? and? And tell us about that event and how you fit into it. Um, It's a relay, uh, and you get tagged. I'll get tagged by the Nordic skier. And then I'll come down here, and by the Bend Athletic Club, I'll tag the uh, long-distance runner. Um, The trick to it, for my training, basically, I go out and do a bunch of hills, um, up and down, because I've got to get used to going downhill, frankly. Uh, given the injury. Um, Most people don't think there's any uphill on that course, and there's a two-mile uphill, plus there's one going out of the parking lot, and I've seen people blow up on those. So you come out of the parking lot at Mount Bachelor, all the way to Bend? All the way to Bend. How long does it take you? Mm, 45, 50 minutes. That's pretty good, even being downhill. So some guys, a lot of guys do it faster on road bikes. Yeah, but a fun event for you. Uh, yeah, it is. Daria, how about you? This is your first experience. Yes, it is. So, uh, you know, I kind of got uh, talked into doing this uh, this year with uh, Yvonne. Um, and she's like, hey, you know, you should come out here and kayak with me, you know, try it out for the first time. I was like, you know, and this was last year when she first started talking to me about it. And I was like, no, nah, it's okay, you know. And then uh, afterwards, you know, this year she brought it up to me again. And I was like, all right. You know, we'll try it. And so we went out here and practiced and kayaked for a bit. Um, it's, a, it's a good run. Um, and then we just kind of practiced, see where it was going to go, and realized it was actually, you know, pretty fun. And uh, we got pretty excited for it. So we're going to come out here and practice and get ready for the event. Now, you mm-hmm. have uh, actually done some paddle work uh, as a youngster over in the Willamette Valley. So not new to you. It's not completely new. I've done this about two or three times before, you know, with um, a good uh, family back in the Willamette Valley who I hang out with a lot. Um, and then after that, you know, I, I've always enjoyed the water tubing, you know, jet skiing, paddling, anything. So, yeah, I've always kind of 
been enthusiastic about it. So. Now you're both members of the team True Grit. Correct. Now that name is a great name. <laughs> and it also is a great baseball mm -hmm. hat. <laughs> so I expect records to be set this year. Um, Scott, in your training, uh, this obviously is something you really enjoy. I do. Uh, before my injury, I did triathlons and marathons and skied a lot. Uh, so after the injury, getting back into doing something physically has just been natural for me. And so I do as much as I can. How long did uh, that work as far as a transition when you were very active and then your injury and then back into it? I had the injury in 1988 and uh, I was back on skis I think in 1990. I didn't get back on a, a bike which is a trike until I think it was 95 or so. Uh, I wasn't aware of these recumbent trikes frankly. And then I ran into a guy in Salem that had a bike shop and told me about them and I found them. So it was a, a, a progress, a progression that you, yeah. could, you could do this. Yeah. Daria, tell us about your experience as well. Um, how long have you been on the water and and your training? And, and tell us about that. So, you know, um, when I was younger, uh, probably ages um, five through seven, eight years old, um, I wasn't as active as I am now. I was going through a lot of surgeries. I've gone through about 15, 20 surgeries to get to where I am now. Um, through that time, I was going through a lot of physical therapy. I was going um, <clears throat> and kind of trying to learn what it was I could and couldn't do. Um, I, was, I was always pushing myself. I was like, no, I want to learn how to do this. I want to learn how to, you know, kayak. I want to learn how you know, walk without having to use a wheelchair all the time. Um, through that, I learned about wheelchair sports. Then um, Carl Backstrom actually introduced me to that. With, uh, I started with wheelchair tennis. You know, I fell in love with that sport immediately. Um, and then and that was back in 2012, so I've been playing since then. Um, after that, I started wheelchair basketball, and then um, now I'm doing kayaking. But um, through that, I've learned a lot about, you know, what it means to be physically active um, and what it means to be able to learn and cope with what you have. Um, and sports has really helped me. It's really helped me cope with what I have and learn to be okay with it and accept it. Um, back when I was younger, you know, I've always wanted to go swimming because it was a freedom for me. It was a way for me not to have to wear my leg braces. I could move around. It was it was a lot of fun for me. So right then is when I realized, okay, I want to be in the water more. Um, and that helped me physically, too, you know, being able to build, you know, more muscle and being able to have more range of motion and whatnot. And so it's always been kind of a big part of my life to stay active and, and doing it through sports is some of the best ways to do it. So. And you were born with disabilities. Scott, you received an injury. It sounds like both of you have never really looked back. You only look at the possibilities ahead at this point. There's no point in looking back. You can't mm -hmm. change it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is what it is, you know. Um, you just got to learn to, you know, deal with it cope with it and eventually you realize it's more of a blessing than anything else so when you complete an event what kind of a feeling is that for you oh I feel good um, before the injury I had done so much running and that kind of thing that I was used to completing events 
So I think at this point, I'm used to completing events, um, but it feels good. You can do it and you can do it well. Yep. Daria, how about you? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of the same thing. You know, um, competing is a, is a, it's fun. You know, it's fun to compete with, with yourself and compete with other people and, you know, push yourself that much more. So it's, it's a good feeling once you realize, hey, this is what I just did and I set myself a personal record, you know. So. Let's talk about Oregon Adaptive Sports and how this great organization fits in and helps people and reaches out. It's, it's a growing organization. It used to be winter sports only, now mm -hmm. it's summer sports, and uh, obviously you have a tie-in there. I do. When we moved here, um, actually I had two tie-ins. One is the guy that uh, worked for the company that built our house um, did adaptive ski instructing and he kind of told me about it and coincidentally about that time my grandkids uh, raced for Mount Bachelor and they're the same age as Suzanne Lafke's kids and my daughter told me that Suzanne was taking over the thing and I'd met her. So um, I had two connections actually. Plus I learned how to ski at Breckenridge at their adaptive ski school. So I had an awareness of what those things were and thought, geez, I'd like to get involved with this one. So you volunteer and, uh, mm -hmm. and help as well? Yes. Are you uh, instructing and helping people? Um, I work with them on the cycling part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, Skiing, even though I ski well, uh, for me to stand and that kind of thing is difficult. Mm -hmm. So uh, it doesn't work real well. Daria, how about you? So, yeah, um, I was, my first tie was with Carl Baxter, actually. He was the one who kind of, um, like I said, introduced me to all of the wheelchair sports and um, activities that were going on. Um, and through that, I kind of um, started following OAS once I moved to Bend. Um, and realized, okay, maybe I want to get associated with these people. Um, and I went to their dinner party last year um, to see what they're about, you know, um, and talk to them about, you know, adaptive skiing and all that. Um, and then afterwards, I met Yvonne, and now, and now I'm here. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, so. I'm having fun. Yeah, no, I'm loving it, so. What message would you give others who are disabled who may not see the light yet uh, this is an activity that that it seems that they could turn to with a lot of hope i think you can i've seen particularly in the cycling well actually in skiing too but in the cycling part of it uh, last two summers i've worked with them and i've seen folks that are uh, almost fully quadriplegic that are able to ride a hand cycle and I think they really get something out of that. Uh, and then watching folks either on mono skis or bi skis, they're having a ball. And some of them, some of the mono skiers particularly, the way they fly down the mountain, uh, it's amazing. Yeah, you know, I would say um, to find that light at the end of the tunnel, you know, give it time and find, and find something that means something to you, you know. Um, it was, to be active, if you were previously active before, you know, um, you got in your accident, then, you know, find a way to maybe associate yourself with, you know, people and learn and ask questions because 
it's a healing process and sports you know can help you adaptive sports helps with that it gives you that freedom gives you that drive and momentum that sometimes you need um it definitely helped me in certain situations you know um i would always look forward to it then they you know i was like okay i'm gonna go out and play wheelchair tennis i'm gonna go play basketball or you know do something it was it became for me that motivation you know to want to keep on going to want to keep keep doing what it is we're doing you know well, you could be a role model to others as well. Yeah. yeah. And that's got to be rewarding. It is. It's very rewarding. Um, I remember, you know, I used to work with uh, third graders a lot back when I was in high school. And they would see some of the things that we would do. And we had a, a wheelchair basketball event, you know, in an assembly. And those kids were just going crazy. They loved it. And uh, that was a rewarding experience because you realize, hey, you know, you're showing the crowd what it is that you have learned. And, maybe showing somebody else who, if not in a wheelchair, you know, might end up being in a wheelchair or somebody who already is in a wheelchair, you know, what it means to still have a fulfilling life. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> I had the, um, uh, the privilege of spending uh, a weekend with um, a couple of young men who are veterans and they uh, were disabled. Um, and the older of them said to me, he says, it's the best thing ever for me. He says, I can't ever wish to take what I have now back. And he travels around on his own, drives everywhere, all over the country, incentivizing and working with disabled vets all over the country and in an organization that is just incredible. And they compete in, in their Paralympics. And uh, uh, he said, this is what I was meant to do. And uh, the hope that there is there was very inspiring for me to see. I would imagine that uh, groups like OAS are doing this as well. I think so, yeah. yeah. yeah it's absolutely. fun to watch. It's fun to watch and fun to compete. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to say? Um, Where Are you going to set records this, uh, this uh, on May 21st? <laughs> My challenge, the way I look at it, because I do have that need for speeds to get down the mountain in one piece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Um, I would like to maybe, you know, I'm just going to do my best this year and uh, and then see where I'm at in the next year to beat that record. And then maybe maybe see if I can beat any records this year, you know. So your first year at COCC? Uh, this is my second year. Second year? Yeah, but first year doing the paddling. So. And you hope to enroll at OSU Cascades? Yes, sir. And yeah. uh, get your business degree done? Yeah. Well, perhaps there's a place where you can go into a business and do this. Oh, yeah. that You know, that's an idea. I'd definitely um, consider that, and it would be a fun fun experience. And you've got a retired mentor here. You know. mm-hmm. <laughs> My challenge is to grow old and not be graceful about it. <laughs> Daria Boquist and Scott Taylor, two disabled athletes competing in the pole pedal paddle event. 12-year-old Max Hetherington suffers from autism. And he's looking forward to running the finish sprint for his team, the Can Do Crew. I spoke with Max and Oregon Adaptive Sports Program Director, Pat Adabo. Talking to my two friends from the pole pedal paddle event here, this is young Max Hetherington. Hi. And uh, Max is going to be sprinting at the very end of this event. Uh, 200 yards or more, is that what it is? All the way down to the uh, Le Schwab Amphitheater. So you're going to finish up this event, and you're going to be sprinting with other people, but you're going to beat them, aren't you? Yes, so. (laughs) 
Pat uh, is with uh, Oregon Adaptive Sports. Uh, tell us about the event and how you work with young people like Max and uh, how this event uh, comes all together with your efforts. Yeah, the event, well, it is thanks in large part to one of our longtime participants, Jeff Babb, and he has helped organize this event for OAS for years. And, you know, the pole pedal paddle, it's a staple in Bend, and I think the original motivation there was, well, why not have an OAS team? And it's grown now. We have four teams, and it really is just a huge kickoff to our summer program. We have all ages. Max, how old are you? Twelve. Twelve all the way up, you know, well into their 50s and 60s, um, all different disabilities, and it's really just a, a huge boost for our summer program as we kind of launch into a, a full season full of activities. Yeah, and as you expand. Big time, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the OAS teams are growing, you know, faster, pretty much just as fast as the rest of the organization, yeah. so. Yeah. Well, Max, you're wearing the right number. You're 12 years old, and uh, this is the Seattle Seahawks 12th man. <laughs> And uh, it's also kind of a symbolic, as your mother told me, uh, 12th man for, for people like you and for the whole entire team. Is that correct? So 12, 12, and 12. Now, there's only one further question I, I could ask. And I'm wondering if you'd be able to willing, willing demonstrate your best sprint and show us on camera what that may be like. Sure. You guys cool. can get that. Where the heck do I run? I think you ought to run that way, and they can hold the camera right on you, and you can beat them to it. And if they get out of focus on you, it's their fault because you're too fast. <laughs> okay, it. let's let's get a countdown. I'll I'll give a. Run that way. Yeah. Why don't you go out that way past past Suzanne? Okay. On your mark. Get set. Go. Yeah. Atta boy. <laughs> I'm Brian Jennings for the Source Weekly, and you've been listening to Sourcecast, also online at bendsource.com.